Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Overeaters Anonymous Recovery from Relapse meeting. Today is the 17th of August, 2021. And today I'm absolutely delighted to welcome um, the lovely Sammy Hitch to share her experience, strength and hope. Sammy has been in OA for quite a while and lives in Cambridge in the UK. And I will let her tell, tell you her story. Take it away, Sammy. Thank you, which I'll be quite unmuted. Um, yeah, thank you for inviting me and um, it's great to be able to do service. I really appreciate that. And thank you for your service, Rita and Lee and everybody else that does service in this meeting. And thanks everybody for coming along and, and making the meeting possible. You know, we get well together. We need each other. So um, yeah, I'm Sammy. I'm a compulsive overeater and a food addict and I've been that way. Um, for the whole of my life and I will be for the rest of my life um, and I need to remember that on a daily basis. Um, I remember my first binge, I was eight years old or nine years old, something like that and um, I was in an abusive household. My father was an alcoholic, a violent alcoholic, my mother was a food addict and I was being sexually abused by a family member but that's not why I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater because I suffer from the disease of alcoholism um, and that's why you know our program is based on the big book um, but it was my childhood nevertheless and I remember using food from that very early age and I remember the ease and comfort from the fear and the anxiety that that brought me um, and it was you know it was the only thing I had it was the only thing I had. And, it, you know, I don't mean that in a kind of poor me way. It was just a fact, you know, it was a, it was a comforting thing in my life. And I, and I remember eating huge amounts, even as a very, very young child. Uh, and that went on throughout my childhood. And it, it, it went on through my adolescence. And I remember my teenage years being really, really hard, really, really hard, being relentlessly bullied. Um, being different, feeling different, knowing I was different, knowing I was separate from, and always wanting to be a part of, and always wanting to look like the other girls, the slim girls, you know, um, always wanted to be different and um, always wanted what somebody else had and what somebody else looked like. And, you know, that, that was me. And um, I carried on eating. And then I, I kind of got to my to my um adolescence really I suppose when I was in my sort of late teens early 20s and um I think Rita's got a picture of me um in my, when I'm 20 <laughs> and um yeah that was me I was 20 years old I was obese in that picture and I'm an addict you know so I use anything and one of the things that I used was organized religion. You know, I thought if I could just um, become part of the church, if I became part of something, then I would feel better about myself and it would change how I felt. And it did, you know. And also in this picture is a, a wonderful chap that was my partner at the time. And um, I used him too. You know, I've used relationships and I've used people and I used him too. And uh, he was on my amends list when I did my steps recently. Um, because, you know, 
I, I, yeah, I, I didn't really want to be with him, but I was with him to change how I, to change how I feel, you know. And every photograph of me has either food, alcohol, or a man, you know. And they were my patterns of behaviour throughout my life. So, in this at this time, I was actually following a food plan, and um, I was going to a pay and weigh club on a weekly basis. My mother had taken me there because she was very worried about me when I was about 18 or 19. And I was losing weight at that phase. And then if Rita puts up the next picture, um, yeah, this is me in a right size body for the one and only time up until this point. Now I'm in a right size body. Um, but I was, I was, I got down to a right size body and then I didn't need the man anymore, you know, because I could get whatever man, whatever man I wanted to get, you know, but I always, and I always knew, although I was following this food plan that at some point I was going to be back in the food. I just knew it intuitively. And I don't know how I knew that, but I always knew that I was white knuckling and I always knew that I was kind of, you know, restricting to a certain extent and that I was going to go back into the food. And I picked up the food again. Um, so if you can share the next picture, Rita. Yeah, so here I am. Um, I'm now divorced from the man um, in the last picture. It's about a year and a half later. And I decided to do a geographical to Australia. Because if I live in another country, I'll feel different you know so I go to the other side of the world but as you can see in this picture I'm on the way up again so I'm on my way back probably obese again at this point um, because I can't stop eating um, and surprise surprise I went with me to Australia my head you know and I, I'm, I'm telling you this because this is the insanity of my disease you know and it's not just around food it's around the way I think and it's, and it's around the way that I'm always looking for something outside of myself to fulfill um, my inward need. And my inward need was a, a huge emptiness that I couldn't, I couldn't fill. So I'm in Australia and I'm eating morning, noon and night and my size is going up and up and up. So next one, Rita, please. So yeah, this just shows you the progression of my disease. This was me 12 years ago on my wedding day. Um, and uh, my husband proposed to me. Um, and the first thing that went into my head is, oh my goodness, what am I gonna wear? Not, oh, this wonderful man has just asked me to marry him, isn't that wonderful? You know, we're gonna have this happy life together. Oh no, what am I going to wear? And um, in this photograph, I'm probably about 300 and 40 pounds or something like that um and you know in various stages up and down if you if you looked at me in photographs you know I lost weight I gained weight I lost weight I gained weight um but in the latter stages of my disease um I couldn't stop eating and I was eating morning noon and night um and I was like a junkie really you know I had food hidden around the house um I, it was just me and the food and I, I couldn't stop 
and I wasn't really interested in anybody or anything very much. Um, I just wanted my next fix and, and that was what life became for me. Um, it was lonely, it was isolating and it was scary. You know, it was really, really scary. And I wanted to stop at times, but couldn't stop. Um, so I came into OA 20 years or so ago. I was there for five years. I didn't follow the program. I didn't get a sponsor. I didn't work the steps and it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. Um, but I loved OA and you all loved me, you know, and I, I was hugged and told to stop eating and go to meetings. And, you know, I went to meetings. I didn't stop eating, but, um, you know, I was there and I was an OA superstar. You know, I was talking at conferences and, and different things. And um, I met somebody at one of those conferences and I think she might actually be on this meeting. Um, and we've remained friends for, for 25 years. I've, I've seen her come up and go again, so I don't know if she's here, but she came up to me at the end of the meeting and we've remained friends. And uh, she's an important part of my story. So um, I was at this, I was at this um, workshop thing, this conference, and I'm talking about being in recovery and I wasn't even in recovery. You know, I have a massive ego. I have no self-esteem, no self-worth, but I have a massive ego. And I'm talking at this conference and about recovery and I'm not in recovery. And then they wouldn't, they wouldn't send out my recording. And I was so furious with OA that I left. I left in a huff and I was in the wilderness for the next 20 years. And um, my weight just ballooned and ballooned and ballooned. But worse than that was the craziness, you know, the madness, the obsession, the delusional thoughts, you know. I was a victim. I was a victim of everybody and everything. And, um, you know, it was poor me, poor me, poor me. You know, all these people are doing this to me, you know. Um, and I felt very sorry for myself and I was very self-centered and it was all about me. And I just ate, you know, continuously. I ate when I was happy. I ate when I was sad. I ate when it was bad, you know, I, I, I just ate and I couldn't stop. And, um, yeah, so um, eventually I end up, um, I'm disabled now because uh, my body can't take it anymore and I can't walk. I've lost all the feeling in my legs. Um, I'm doubly incontinent. Um, they're telling me I might lose my eyesight because I've got fat behind my eyes. My body is inflamed by the, you know, the amounts of sugar that I'm eating. And uh, I'm in so much pain and I, I can't get in and out of the car and I can't get up the stairs um, and I couldn't get in and out of bed. Um, and I was 20 breaking. minutes left, Sammy. Thank you. And I was, um, I was breaking toilet seats and I was breaking garden furniture and, you know, I was worried that I was going to wet on people's sofas and stuff you know it was just I was just chronically disabled and I, I had a blue badge and um I couldn't function anymore I needed care really um you know my husband had to lift things for me and do things for me I couldn't look after myself anymore um and this friend who I think is on here today <laughs> uh she rang me one day and she said to me um and you know surely some of this has got to do with your eating and um and your weight you know and I won't swear on here but um the second word was off you know <laughs> how dare you 
how dare you bring me into my reality? You know, how dare you bring me into my reality? But because she was one of us and because I knew she understood, she understood what I was going through. Um, you know, a little bit of light got in, I think, into the darkness, just a flicker, a match maybe of light got into the darkness. And um, she said, I'm going to send something to your inbox. And she, she sent me an email and it was an American boot camp for chronic food addiction. And um, I cried for three days because the woman that ran the boot camp, I knew she was really one of us. She was a you know heavy duty addict and she got it. So I enrolled on the boot camp and I did that for 10 weeks. And um, the morning that I surrendered, can you put the next one up, please, um, Rita? The moment I surrendered, uh, the day that I surrendered, this is, this is me, okay? This is a woman who is spiritually dead. You can see the desperation in my eyes. I was done. The food had won. It had got me. There was nothing left to live for. You know, suicide would have been a happy release. Um, I couldn't go on anymore. And uh, when I look at that face, I feel for that woman. I really feel for that woman because, um, you know, my heart goes out to her because I was there, you know. And I cried out to whatever was out there. I didn't believe in anything particularly. Um, I didn't understand what it was, but I just cried out. If there's a higher power out there, then you need to help me because I don't know how I'm going to get through this day because I didn't know how I was gonna live without the food, I was terrified. It was all I'd known for 40 odd years. It was all I'd known and I didn't know, you know, what I was gonna do without it. But anyway, God graced me, you know, gave me the grace um, of an abstinent day. And that was over two years ago. Um, and I dropped to my knees, I dropped to my knees. It took me a long time to get up again, but I dropped to my knees and um, I got through that and I stayed in the boot camp for 10 weeks. We had intensive therapy and coaching and all sorts of things. And they handed me a food plan and said, eat this and eat that much of it. And I'm still doing that today. I needed that. I was too far gone to work out what my binge foods were. I was binging on everything. I was eating morning, noon and night, hand to mouth, hand to mouth. So, you know, I came, I come out of, um, I come out of the boot camp and I need a lot of support. So um, I walked back into the doors of OA. 20 odd years later I thought I was far too good for OA you know um I was I was still full of arrogance I was, I was still full of you know everything that is my character defects really um apart from I wasn't eating and then I realized then at that moment that food wasn't my problem abstinence is my problem I can't live in the world without food you know at that point um I just felt so exposed I felt like my skin was on inside out. I felt like everybody could see into my soul and everybody was gonna know who I really was. You know, and there was so much guilt and so much shame and so much fear. And um, I, just felt, I just felt so vulnerable, so, so vulnerable. And I thought, now I know why I eat. Now I know why I eat because I can't live in the world without it. And I thought, I don't know what I'm gonna do because I can't live with it and I can't live without it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just not going to be able to cope with this at all. And I can't pick the food up because I'm going to die. So um, I said to a woman, in, a woman in the room, and I, I don't think she believed this. I think she was just talking the talk because she's not in her way anymore. But um, 
she said to me, you better pick up the big book and you better get on your knees and pray. And I thought, ah, oh, big book. Oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's been sat on my shelf for 20 odd years, never been open, brand new. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, praying. I did that on the first day, you know, and, and, and I'm abstinent. I thought abstinence was recovery. Let me tell you, abstinence is not recovery in my experience. <laughs> abstinence is hell without recovery. So um, I picked up the big book. I came home. Uh, there was nobody in my home group, very small meeting. There was nobody there with any recovery that could sponsor me. And uh, But I needed to do something because I was going to pick up the food. So I picked up the book and I started to read the first pages right from the beginning, the forward, right through 164 pages. And I followed the instructions in the book and I started to get some comfort. And um, eventually I had a spiritual awakening through those pages. Um, I don't, you know, recommend that you don't have a sponsor and sponsor yourself. But in those days, you know, I didn't know what an online meeting was. And I'm not very technical, as Rita will tell you. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I did that and I and the obsession was lifted and I, I started to kind of rebuild my life with the help of a higher power. And then we came into lockdown and uh, we're on Zoom and I meet this beautiful woman um, who came to do a share at a meeting I was in. And I thought, I think she'd be a good sponsor. I'm going to ask her to sponsor me, but I don't think she'll have any time. But she did. She had time. So I started to work the steps with her again with a sponsor and um it was miraculous it was so powerful and so profound and again i had spiritual awakenings um you know and it occurred to me you know awakening means i'm awake <laughs> i've been asleep pretending to be awake all these years you know and i was so false i was so fake you know i i i didn't know who i was and I, I just wanted you to see what I thought you wanted me to show you, you know, I just had a face for everybody. And on the outside, it all looked really good. You know, I, I had a home, a nice home. I had a nice relationship with my husband, you know, everything was, everything was wonderful. I had a good career, um, I had children, you know, everything was, everything looked fine, but my body told the story really. And the desperation and the loneliness that I felt inside. But I started to work the steps, you know, and I, I, I continue to live those steps on a daily basis. Um, and, you know, I do my step one every day and, and I, I know that I'm, I'm powerless over food, but I'm also powerless over my life, you know, <laughs> and I need higher power in every area of my life. Um, because the madness is not just the food, as I've said, you know, I, I am insane around loads of areas in my life. Um, so, yeah, step one, two and three, profoundly important for me. You know, I, I am I am an addict and I will be always. And I need to remember my step one experience on a daily basis. And step two, you know, I need something bigger than me to restore me to sanity because I hurt people. You know, I hurt people in my addiction. I really do. And um, I have hurt people. And um, I was so cut off, so cut off from myself, from other people and from my higher power. So step two, yeah, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to do that because I haven't really got any choice. 
So step three, you know, am I willing to turn my will and my life over? Well, you know, I've realized I don't have to give up my will. Um, you know, God gave me my will after all. Um, but what I need to do is I need to align my will with God's will on a daily basis. And, you know, I, I said to somebody the other day, you know, I don't have to chop my hands off. I need to put my hand in the hand of, of a power greater than me. That's what I need to do. I need to be guided. I need to be led. I need to be disciplined on a daily basis because I have no discipline, you know. So I, I was willing to give up my will and my life to the dustman, frankly, because I didn't want it anymore. I'd done it for 40 odd years and it got me, you know, to to um, to that picture you've just seen <laughs> and a, a 344 pounds and dying, you know, dying inside dying inside and the outside death would have been a relief so it sounds very left, Sammy. thank you very much but it's true so then i did the house clearing you know i went four through to nine and um so much was revealed so much was revealed mostly that i'm worth nothing you know i'm worthless i'm hopeless i'm useless all of that kind of stuff you know that i'm sure there are people on here that can relate to um yeah, I just I just have chronic low self-esteem and a massive ego. You know, I, 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 I swung from superior to inferior all the time, you know, and I was a victim, as I said, and I was arrogant and I, you know, and I was profoundly dishonest. That was a shock. Wow. I thought I was an honest person. I thought I was a good person and I thought I had it all sorted and I knew everything. <laughs> now I know very little. <laughs> I know very little and I have some humility today by the grace of God so yeah I did that and then you know my step tens I had to learn to trust you people you know I had to learn to um, reach out to you I had to learn to get myself out of myself and to share with you and to welcome you into my life and to open up my heart and to open up my mind and uh and then in step 11, you know, I have to keep making a conscious contact with this power and it, it needs to be growing, you know, and I need to let more and more of that into my life on a daily basis, you know, and I need to not have me in the way. And I pray every day, God, you know, forget whatever I think I'm capable of and do what, with me what you will anyway, you know, do with me what you will, because I know where I will take me you know and every experience that I've had along the way has led me to this moment you know this moment with you and I've only got this moment with you and what the steps have done for me is they've helped me to live in the now and the now when I'm in the now I'm with my higher power and I can really be here with you and I can share in this fellowship and I can be part of and I feel part of you know, I feel part of and I feel connected to each one of you. And I and I love the we in this fellowship. You know, I'm on the phone every day with people. I'm reaching out to people and they're reaching out to me. And I'm in the middle of the herd. You know, I wanted to be on my own with the food and the food and the disease wanted me on my own. And I just used I was always looking for something on the outside. I never felt comfortable in myself. I wanted your life. I wanted your husband. I wanted your house. I wanted, you know, I, I was never comfortable in my own skin I felt lonely in a room of 100 people so yeah I'm connected to a power a power that happens to be crazy about me loves me you know and I see that 
so many times, so many times on a on a daily uh, daily basis, weekly basis, you know, miracles happening in my life. And the people that God brings me, step 12, to work with, you know, um, amazing people from all over the world I'm working with, you know, and getting so much from my sponsees. The biggest joy, the biggest joy is, is working with others and being part of this fellowship. Um, you guys know me like nobody else knows me. And I've got a man downstairs I've lived with for 15 years and who has no idea what it's like to be me. No idea. But you guys know me. You guys know me, even if you've never met me, you know. So today, yeah, I'm living those steps on a daily basis and they've changed my life. Um, do you want to put the last picture up, Rita, please? Um, God has taken from me, my higher power has taken from me over 160 pounds. And this is me today in a size 12 uh, dress. But I'm not crazy anymore. Um, well, I am crazy. I am crazy if I'm not connected to a higher power. Um, but I'm peaceful and I'm happy today. Um, my life has more joy than I could ever, ever imagine. I, I never imagined that life could be any different, ever. I thought I was destined for a life of obesity, morbid obesity and that I would probably die from that. Um, and today my life is just oh, full and overflowing. I can't tell you, you know, the happiness and joy that I feel in, in my life and purpose. I have real purpose today in my life. You know, higher power uses me and I turn up for work every morning. God, what have you got for me today? You know, use me, guide me, use me. I'm a servant today and I love it and I'm happy to be so. I thought I was God, but I got promoted to servant and I'm very lucky. The luckiest woman alive, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much time I've got left, but, um, you know, I'm not searching anymore outside of myself. Everything I need is on the inside of me. And it's my power, it's the power, you know, the power that I'm connected to. Um, has life changed? No, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. You know, I live in the same house with the same man. <laughs> nothing's changed, but everything's changed. Everything's changed. And... Um, I'm a different person on the inside. I'm a very different person. And the people that are around me can see that. They know that I'm a different person. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to this fellowship. And um, I'm grateful to each one of you, um, whether we've met or not met. You know, I'm grateful for these rooms. I'm grateful for the founders, you know, that made this program possible that saved so many of our lives and you know I'm a miracle I'm a miracle you know the statistics for a morbidly obese person to be living comfortably in a right-sized body is is zero you know it just doesn't happen and I've got total peace around and neutrality around food today um and and neutrality around life really um so yeah that's that's my story and um I prayed before I came here that, you know, maybe it would it would speak to one of you. And if you're new to this program, you know, um, you're not alone. We understand you. Um, there is a solution. There is a solution um, in this very simple program. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's not an easy program, um, but it is simple. And there are people here 
that are willing to guide you through those steps. And you're only 12 steps away from a completely different life, a life beyond anything you could ever imagine. I never believed that my life could be that it, what it is today. So, um, yeah, I don't know how much time I've got left, but um, I'll probably wind up. I'll probably wind up. I just want to share you just one quick story with you um, about how this power has worked in my life. I've had a very turbulent relationship with my mother all my life. She's a food addict and uh, she's very selfish, self-centered, needy person. I'm a food addict, very selfish, self-centered, needy person. <laughs> she wanted me to be her mother. I wanted her to be my mother. You know, we've been at war most of our lives. And there's been times in my life where I have absolutely detested my mother and huge periods of time where we've not been in contact with each other and she's not been what I want her to be. And, Vice versa, vice versa. So um, anyway, I've been I've been estranged to her from her for six years when I when I came back into program and um, I'm sitting in my chair last summer and um, I'm in I'm thinking to myself that I'm you know I've been making some amends to people. This was before I got a sponsor and um, I'm thinking I need to make amends to. Um, to various people and I'm sitting here one summer afternoon and this voice in my head it's clear as, as, as day says to me you need to get out of this chair and go and make amends to your 85 year old mother now you might say to me well how do you know that's a higher power well all I can say is it definitely wasn't me because there was no part of me that wanted me to go and see my mother no part of me that wanted to go and see my mum anyway it was higher power so I better do what I'm told I do that nowadays I do what I'm told what I'm instructed so I got up I got in the car I didn't tell my husband I didn't tell my daughter because I knew what they'd say is that really the right thing to do you know but anyway I get in the car and I walk in my mum's back door she's a little tiny lady now a little old lady and I walk in the door and I say hello mum I've come to have a cup of tea and uh, she started to cry and I sat down on the chair I made us a cup of tea and um, I said, I've come to make amends, mum. And I've come to see, I've come to see if there's anything else I've done to harm you. And I've come to make amends, you know, for the way that I've behaved in my in our relationship. And I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And um, is there anything else I've done to harm you? And we sat and chatted. And um, today, a year down the line, my mum's on my gratitude list every day. I love my mum today deeply love my mum and um, she hasn't changed she hasn't changed at all she's still the same person but I've changed and because I've changed she's very different towards me um, and we have a very lovely warm caring relationship today and I'm so grateful for that and I know that's absolutely nothing to do with me nothing to do with me whatsoever so um, yeah I'm grateful. I'm grateful beyond words for the life that I have today. And um, I just hope that something I shared has given somebody here some, some hope. So um, thank you for listening to my share. And thanks again for allowing me to come along and give service. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sammy. Thanks so much for sharing your experience, strength and hope.